everyone, and welcome back to episode two of Let's Skip the Small Talk. Today, we're going to be talking about identity, and I'm also going to be talking about this shadow journaling prompt that I did that brought me to this topic because I I did it um, a couple days ago, and it was something I really wanted to expand on, and it was something I found really interesting, so... I thought I would do an episode about it. So today is going to be learning about what shadow journaling is. I'm going to redo the prompt, invite you to do the prompt as well if you would like, and I'm going to share my response, which is a little terrifying, I'm not going to lie, and I'm going to just expand upon the different topics in my response, because I could, once I started writing, I was like, oh man, I could, I could probably write five pages on this. So yeah, I hope you're ready. If you want to do the prompt, I really encourage you to do so and pause this and go get a piece of paper and a pen or pencil or whatever it is you want to write with and get ready. Okay, so now that you hopefully have your pencil and everything, first we're going to talk about shadow journaling and what it is and and why I started doing it. And I should have had the page ready, but I'm going to open it right now. I wonder if you can hear them. Yeah, probably. So... What exactly is shadow work? Shadow work or shadow working is the commitment of actively working on the shadow self as a form of therapy. It is is a healthy way to uncover our unconscious selves and tune into those unexamined traits we've disowned for so long, so they are no longer hidden. There is no simple solution to these visceral problems. Shadow work is disorganized, unpleasant process, but it can be incredibly liberating and has enormous value for personal development. It is not necessary to be spiritual to benefit from shadow work. The theory was actually developed with the, within a branch of psychology. Our shadow, a term coined by the depth psychologist Carl Jung, I don't think I'm saying that right, is the part of ourselves that we hide in our daily life, and we may not even be aware of it. Let's face it, who wouldn't want to confront the aspect of themselves that is tainting their life's positive aspects? While it can be a difficult and complicated process, it ultimately ultimately leads to a greater clarity and beneficial change. I'm taking out my teeth. If you don't know what that means, uh... It means I wear clear liners, and so sometimes um, if I put new ones in, it's a little hard to talk, and um, I can have a lisp sometimes, and it's just not it. Anyway, um, the it just goes on to talk about how the journal works and and the best way they found to do the pages, so you, you should do them first thing in the morning or before you go to sleep, um, make sure you're totally calm, unhurried, 
without people to disturb you. Read the prompt and take a few minutes to really think about it before filling out the page and writing it down. Be honest and empty your thoughts and emotions. They also recommend only doing one question a day and to make it a habit to complete the journal. So they they recommend this because one question is because the questions are deep enough that you should need at least a day to think about the question and think about the answer. So they advise you not to do more than one in a day. So it's not a, it's not like a, I'm going to zoom through this and get better kind of thing. And yeah, so that's shadow journaling. And I just started it recently. I haven't, I haven't been doing it for too long. Um, yeah, I'm also, I'm going to read the note. Um, this journal is not a substitute for therapy within a licensed professional. If you need the help of a professional, please seek the services of a licensed provider. So that's really important. Um, but you know, if depending on your situation, if you're like me, if you can't really afford therapy right now, or you don't have access to it, I think this is, this is something that you can do in the meantime. It doesn't replace therapy. It doesn't, it doesn't, um, provide the same healing aspects, but it is something you can do in the meantime while you're waiting. So now I'm going to read the prompt that I will be talking about today. And those of you who are watching this, hopefully I'm trying to do a video podcast as well. I'm going to show you, um, the pages and stuff because it's a little crazy the way I do it. Um, so here's the prompt. If you want to write it down on your paper, if you're following along, I advise you to do so or just, you know, pause it and rewind and go back and listen to it. So there's three questions in this prompt. The first one is describe yourself with objectivity. The next part, are you conscious of who you really are? And the last one, do you like the way you are? So if you're doing this prompt and following along, I advise you to either pause this and do some thinking or even pause this and, and, and do it and fill out your paper. Or if you don't want to do that right now, you know, you can read the prompts and just just start thinking about your response, but um, it's up to you. I I just don't want my answers to influence your answers in any way, but if you think that, you know, hearing what I did and hearing some points that I talked about might be helpful, then you can go ahead and wait. So the way I do this, um, I don't know, it... My brain just works a little different. Um, you know, I got that neurospicy stuff going on in there. So for those of you who can't see, um, basically it's, it's the questions on one page and a blank page on the other side with lines so you can fill it in. And what I do on the page with the questions is I go like one question at a time and I do like a, 
I don't know what it's called, a spider web kind of thing where like you do, you write the word and you circle it and you do a line and like you grow off that. So I do that for every, for every prompt and every question because I, you know, thoughts run so fast in my head that, that I'll, I'll forget them. So I just kind of get it all out on the page and, and, and do my spider webs and then I go back and I look at all of them before I do my answer and I think about them and I keep building on them. So, oh, if you're watching, let's see, I hope, I hope you can see this. I can't see my, what I'm filming, so I'm just going to put it where my face was. Mayor's waking up. He hears me talking. I'm going to ignore him. I'm going to ignore him. Okay. Here's the questions. And here are all my spider webs. Hi, baby. Good morning. Do you want to come sit on the couch? Come here. Okay. So for me, the, the, the first part, describe yourself with objectivity. I did my spider webs and I wasn't 100% sure what objectivity mean, meant and I didn't Google it, so I just wrote words that that I think of when I when I view myself from the outside. So outgoing when I want to be driven, thoughtful, hardworking, smart, kind, needs validation and lacks confidence. And for the next part, are you conscious of who you really are? The the one bubble I made was just this the one bubble I made was dissociation. And the last question, do you like the way you are? Bubble. Yes, to some extent. The next bubble, the things I don't like, I'm actively working on fixing. The next bubble, Mayor's wiggling. Ah, baby. Okay. The next bubble is, I know that I'm not 100% myself yet. And I've, I've seen and felt glimpses of it, but I'm not there yet. And so after I do my spider webs, I go back and just write a couple sentences. So under the describe yourself with objectivity, I wrote, I've always been who people needed me to be slash, slash, um, disconnected from my body slash survival. Are you conscious of who you really are? I wrote no with a little smiley face, um, with two slashes. I've felt who I truly am before in the right environment, but I'm not sure how to get there all the time. And so I did all that. And then I thought about it. And then I wrote up my response. Here we go. So I wrote, objectively, I believe I'm a good person. Kind, smart, funny, driven, thoughtful, etc. All of those traits exist inside of me, but I'm not sure if they are who I am. I don't really know who I am and not in a typical lost 20s kind of way, but in a can't describe myself disconnected from my body kind of way. 
I've always been who people wanted slash needed me to be or who I needed to be to get through something. I've always constantly changed who I am to fit into my environment. I pick traits slash interests from others that are admired and add it to my arsenal. I've been so busy trying to survive and blend in that I never got to develop who I am. I've dissociated so much that I feel like I have no connection to my body. I do know some parts of me that are mine and genuine, and I do like those. Overall, I know the person I can be is exceptional. I've always felt that. And although right now I don't totally like who I am, I am working to fix it. So yeah, a lot, a lot going on in there. Um, so now I'm just going to expand on the many things that I touched in my response. Um, the first one being being slash becoming who people need you to be slash being who you need to be to get through something. I feel like they're very, very connected, but I'm going to try and focus on them separately as well. So being someone that people need you to be can happen for so many reasons, whether it's like family pressure and expectations or just, and then that becomes your personality, that becomes who you are, or if it's just you feel the need to be a certain way or or look a certain way to blend in with your environment to feel accepted. Um, those are all things that can influence you to feel like you have to be a certain person to be loved and to be accepted and that's not the case um but oh it's so hard to talk about these separately um but also being the other one is um being who you need to be to get through something so if you have you know something traumatic going on or um just something that's very hard for you to go through you may need to, you know, lose certain aspects of yourself or gain different traits to make it through that situation. So whether that's you're in survival mode and so you, you know, you're not as bubbly and happy and outgoing and everything like that because you have to reserve your energy just to get through whatever it is you're going through. And um, whether it's dissociation, so you just physically cannot be in your body to get through what whatever that situation is, that also just, you know, that gets rid of who you are. You're, you're leaving your body, you're leaving your emotions. Um, and so those are very intertwined, I think, because, like, the situation... Whatever it is, whether it's a situation, an environment, an event, it really shapes who you are. So parentification, if you have to step up and, and start taking care of 
siblings and everything like that, you you really don't get to develop you, who you are, outside of this situation. You know, you have to start putting other people before yourself. Or, you know, if you're in a traumatic situation or a long-term traumatic situation, you know, there are more important things going on than developing your your personality. You know, you're in survival mode. How can I make it through this situation? Um, and a lot of times that's trying to make yourself so invisible, so small, so you don't cause more chaos, or it's people-pleasing and, you know, really removing those boundaries and those, um, and the ability to feel like you can say no to people because you don't want anyone to be angry at you ever. So you just, you know, yes all the time. Um, so those are the two really big ones that stuck out for me. Um, because I, you know, I even now struggle with them, but definitely when I was younger, you know, I felt this need to put on a certain front and to, to look a certain way and be a certain way because that's just what people had, had began to expect about me. You know, like I, I had to get the good grades and I, I had to look like this feminine outgoing person, even though that's not entirely who I am all the time. But to to me in that situation, that's what I felt like I needed to do to be validated, to be noticed. And if I wasn't that, I don't know. I don't know what I am, you know? Because um, I didn't get to develop that part of myself. So the expectations people had for me or the assumptions people had for me that became who I was. I'm like, oh, they think, they think I'm a hard worker. Okay, I must work hard all the time. Or they think that I'm an overachiever, like, or I get good grades. So I have to do that. That's who I am. I don't have an option, you know? Um, and then becoming someone or being a way just to get through something, I think is something that a lot of people can relate to as well. You know, it doesn't have to be this huge event. It can, it can be things that just accumulate over time. Um, you know, you can't really compare what people have gone through because everyone's different and people react to different things a certain way, you know? Um, And so if something that you're going through is is traumatic to you and and gets your central nervous system out of whack and you're in survival mode or you're in fight or flight or freeze or fawn, um, it's definitely easy to lose aspects of who you are because you're just trying to get through the day. You know, you don't have any extra energy to become, to focus on becoming who you are. You know, that's not even something that occurs to you sometimes. Um, 
I know, like for me, I mentioned in, in, in my response, I should probably keep it open. Um, yeah. That's so many different... I don't know if you heard that. That was Mayor. He's mad on talking. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, there have been several times where in my life I have to... I've had to become someone else, someone else. Um, to, to get through the situation. Sorry, Mayor keeps moving. To get through the situation. You know, and and throughout all of those, um, I have these many different versions of myself. And, you know, each one individually doesn't mean that's who I am, you know. Um, and so, like, when you're going through something that's really difficult, you'll often find bad coping mechanisms or or something like that and and end up doing some bad things you know but that's not who you are that's your reaction to something that's going on that's your 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 brain's way of trying to protect yourself and so the outcomes of that and the bad coping mechanisms and the and the potential bad Decisions you make, that necessarily doesn't mean that's who you are. It's just how you had to get through a situation at the time. You know? Um, I was going to talk about other stuff, but I don't know if I want to. I could always edit it out. Like, for myself, when I was younger, I, like, way younger, I really felt like I, I needed to be, I don't want to say perfect, because that's not the right word, but, like, perfect in the sense of I'm not in the way, I'm not adding to the stress, I'm not adding to the chaos, I'm not being a problem, um, invisible in a way, you know, <clears throat> I felt like I had to shrink myself down, I guess is a good way to say it, to go unnoticed, to, to just really not add to the situation, you know, something, I wanted to be something that, that they didn't have to worry about, because there was enough to worry about, um, and then when I got older, it changed into, um, you know, trying to fit in. And so those expectations and everything that had already been established when I was younger and, and shrinking myself and, and trying to go unnoticed, it carried with me. And so when I got older and I was trying to you know, fit in, um, those really 
piled on. So those became part of who I was. You know, I I had to get the good grades. So I, you know, wasn't a problem. I um, presented myself in a very, you know, feminine manner because that's what that's what you did. You know, that's what so many people did. Um, and so I took these these traits and personalities from so many people and I I put them in myself to try and fit in, try to become a, a person. Um, but, you know, it's like just throwing a bunch of stuff in a pot and seeing what happens. You know, it doesn't all necessarily go together and it doesn't blend well and it causes just so much more confusion. Um, And then as I got into college and like the end of high school, um, those kept building to the point where, you know, I didn't I didn't know who I was. Like, that wasn't even something I, I even thought about. Um, you know, it was more of, of things I did and choices I made instead of me as a person, if that makes sense. So it was more of like a, instead of thinking of me, who I am on the inside, it was more of, of, how people perceive me from the outside. I don't know if that makes sense. But, you know, I adapted the the habits and the, and the traits of the people around me. And so, you know, for a hot minute in, in college, I really just drank my way through anything that was going wrong. Um, because, you know, people go out and party all the time in college. And so I was like, okay, like, that's what I'm going to do. But it was just so different for me. Um, that's going to be a completely different episode though. Um, but yeah, so when, when you don't have the, the freedom to discover who you are, you don't have the environment to be able to do that where people are, nurturing to you and trying to teach you how to feel your emotions and how to deal with your emotions when you don't have that you don't really get to to do the work of who you are and so when there's no no base to go off of you you know look for anything where you can and so That's what I did for a long time, and I think now I'm just starting to work on who I want to be um, and who I truly think I am and who I truly want to be instead of who other people need me to be or who other people want me to be or what I think people want me to be, to like me, and to validate me, um, you know, I'm really trying to focus on what I, who I am, you know, and 
Um, I'm trying to think. The other thing I mentioned in there was not in a lost 20s kind of way because, you know, if if you're in your early 20s, you know what I'm talking about, where, you know, you just, you know, my situation, I just graduated college and so I'm kind of in a standstill. You know, for so long, my, the work I did was who I was. That was my identity. You know, the, who I was was what I checked off my checklist during the day. And so when that ended, you know, what do I have to show for who I am? And so, you know, you're just questioning everything and, and trying to, figure out really who you are. I'm going to look for this this post I saved. Let me see. Oh, okay. I found it. So I found this um, post that I follow. That didn't make sense. So I follow this person on Instagram, Dr. Nicole Lepera. I'm probably not saying that right. Um, I don't really know a lot about who they are. I just followed them because they um, were posting things that really stuck with me. So um, they have a book out. They're a psychologist. And so I, d- I started following because they started talking about complex PTSD a lot. Um, and that was something I, I was really curious in for a little bit. Um, okay. Anyway, there was this post that she did that was, um, that says, this is what it looks like to grow up in a functional secure home. And so I of course wanted to read it because I was curious, um, what that looked like for people. And it said, when adults hurt you or lose control of their emotions, they took responsibility and apologized for me that never happened you know it was um definitely a way different situation than than a normal household but you know it it never got addressed and it never got an apology The next one was, you weren't parentified or made to act as an adult when you were a child. Your parents were aware of your emotional limits. Not the case uh, here. Adults asked you about how you felt, what you thought, and they validated your emotional experiences regularly. No. Healthy communication was taught and emotional manipulation wasn't used. You were safe to say what you felt. When you told an adult that something happened, they believed you and did not gaslight you, deny your reality. Everyone was free to feel their emotions. The emotional climate in the home wasn't controlled by a single person. You were told when you crossed a boundary without damaging your connection with abusive discipline. You did not fear the wrath of a parent. So I thought that post was really interesting. 
because I felt like there were so many things that I um, that I never got to learn. You know, and I didn't really realize this until I got older, where where I I realized that there are so many things that I have to teach myself that I never got to learn. You know, no one ever taught me that. And so, you know, I have to teach myself that it's okay to to say how I feel and feel how I feel. You know, it's not something that I need to be scared of anymore. Um, anyway. I don't even know what I was talking about. Yeah, so there are, there are so many things that that make up who we are. And there are so many things that can get in the way of, of us figuring out who we are. And, you know, I just want to say that it's never too late to start thinking about those things or to start trying to let go of, of things that you feel guilt and regret and shame for because most likely those were not who you are. Those were just traits you developed to get through a situation. You know, they say hurt people hurt people and it's not an excuse. It's not, you know, it's not an excuse to hurt people. I'm not saying it's okay because it's not. But... Those things you probably feel regret or shame for, you were probably going through something very difficult yourself and didn't know how to process it, didn't know how to get through it. And so, in turn, you ended up with some bad habits or you hurt some people along the way. Um, but most likely that's not who you are. You know, those are things you've done, but it doesn't mean that's who you are as a person in your core. Um, so I think identifying those and embracing those and and not letting them hold power over you is so important because you know, you it can lead you to self-sabotage and feel like you don't deserve good things because you did bad things or whatever the situation is you think you know I did xyz why what do who am I to deserve something good to happen even if that's not something you consciously think it can be in the back of your mind and you know you don't even know it you know for so long I you know was was thinking you know who am I to who am I to have good things happen to me and to be happy and to and to love who I am? You know, what, what have I done to deserve that? But it's not necessarily anything that you deserve, if that makes sense. Like, you don't need to earn anything to 
feel loved, to feel accepted, to feel like you know who you are, to love yourself. You know, those aren't things you you necessarily need to earn. Those are just things that everybody should have in their life. And so... Allowing yourself to really figure out who you are is probably one of the hardest things, at least for me. Um, you know, I still really don't know. You know, when I saw that question of how to describe myself, I, I didn't know. You know, I almost texted people to say, like, describe me in a few words. But that's the problem in itself. You know, I spent so long dissociating and leaving my body and trying not to be noticed and trying not to be myself, trying not to be anything that I'm left with just empty baskets instead of instead of um, a wealth of knowledge of who I am you know I spent so long outside of my body that you know once I get back in there it's still empty there's nothing I you know I have to fill in all the gaps and all the cracks and and really try and do the hard work. And so some of the things that I'm doing to try and do that work is um, the shadow work, which I'm very excited about. Um, The book I got is Who You Are Truly, non-sponsored. I did, I did get it on Amazon, um, I'm so sorry, it's, sometimes, you know, I don't, I hate shopping on Amazon, but sometimes you do what you gotta do, you know, whatever, um, yeah, so I'm really working on the shadow work, I have a, um, complex PTSD journal, journal workbook it's a workbook that I do I haven't done it in a hot minute but I'm I'm gonna try and start sorry my hair's moving I'm gonna try and start getting back into it and I really have just been um doing things that make me feel grounded that make me feel present and Resetting my, hi baby, resetting my central nervous system. He's so mad at me. So, some things you can do to regulate your nervous system is orient to your body. So notice your posture, 
Tune into your heart rate. Notice any tension in your body. You can do breath work. I really like this page. It's um, hunt for glimmers. So glimmers are the opposite of triggers. There are certain things in your environment that create a sense of safety, connection, and calm. They can be essentially anything. Anything that provides you those. Uh, cold exposure, which is a 10 to 30 second cold shower. Um, putting your face in cold water, running your wrists under cold water. And this other post I saved, four steps to regulate a sensitive nervous system. So if you're really, really, you know, a beginner at it, <clears throat> step one is to release excess adrenaline and stagnant stored energy from your nervous system. So try shaking, bouncing, dancing. Step two, teach your nervous system to expand its version of safety. Your sense of safety is unique and will look different to you compared to anyone else. A gentle way to begin exploring exploring safety is through the body using safe touch. Step three, expand your personal resources by mapping your triggers and understanding your glimmers and your go-to survival resources. Avoiding oh, avoidance, overthinking, people pleasing, etc. So what are your survival responses and or your your um coping mechanisms. Step four, increase your vagal tone to access parasympathetic states more easily and expand your window of tolerance. So try humming, gargling, breathwork, movement, probiotics, cold exposure, omega-3s, and things like that. Um, so... That's really all I have for you today. I hope that I didn't ramble too much and that it all made sense. And I hope that if you have gone through any of these things, if you're going through any of these things, you felt seen or heard or validated. Because I, I, I know and I understand how hard it can be when you're going through these things. So I'm just going to I'm just going to end it with a little reading a little healing post. It's from the holistic psychologist on Instagram who I talked about earlier. It says Overexplaining is a trauma response from walking on eggshells or dealing with emotionally reactive people at a young age. You don't need to court level proof. You don't need court level proof of why you are or are not doing something. Keep it short. You're safe now. And with that, thank you for joining me. Oh, Mayor thanks you too. And Take care of yourself and I will see you next week.